0: I just keep thinking about that. The simple things of faith that I overlook on a regular basis. Lost. And he found me. He looked for me. I wouldn't have looked for me. I'm thinking today one question to start this Do you want to be happy? If you asked someone that, do you want to be happy? Two choices. Some people may say, no, I'm perfectly happy being unhappy. I don't want that. Today, I want to talk about happiness. I want to go a little further into 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. We've made it all the way through to verse 10 in that first chapter. When we talked the first week, we were asking the question, who are you? The second week, we were talking about God's faithfulness and some expectations that God has for us as his people. Last week, we took a week off because it was a family Sunday, and we jumped into Joshua 24 asking, who are you going to choose? Who are you going to choose for your house? Who are you going to choose to serve? Well, this week, as we dig a little more into 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, Paul gives a little tough love to the people. Let me read verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You know, there's so much going on there, so many ways that you could look at this. But what I love about this is the direction that Paul takes. He begins what he's about to say by pleading. Now, this is Paul. This is the one who founded this church. Paul had the authority to start it any way that he wanted. He could have started by saying, I'm a bond servant. you be bond servants. We're going to serve more, we're going to do this. He could have gone a route, we need to be more about outreach. We need to be more about church attendance. He may get up there and say, no, I know good and well that you don't live on $100 a month, yet you say you're tithing $10 a month. He could have gone that route, but he didn't. He pleads with them. When he pleads with them, what I love about this is it wasn't about guilt. It wasn't about ordering. Have you noticed something that in this current church culture, people who are hailed as heroes, kind of the hero ministers at times, if you will, they are these edgy people that are kind of like the Christian, uh, like an MMA kind of Conor McGregor type. Like they're ready to fight, they're ready to tell somebody off, they're ready to this, they're ready to that. Don't you dare come around here talking about this, don't you? And that's who we tend to glorify in Christian culture. You ever notice that? It's almost like the edgy things are more attractive for God's people. But what's wild about that is that so many of the edgy things don't look like God. Have you ever noticed this? Solomon said this. During Paul's time, when Paul's talking, Solomon relates it this way. There is nothing new under the sun, that which has been done. Is what will be done. You think of this, the time that we live in, the very things that messed around with those early churches messes around sometimes in our culture. The root problem is allowing the world to get between me and Jesus. That's always been the root problem. There are things and there is Jesus. Am I going to allow the things to get right here? Am I gonna look at them or am I going to look at him? 2 Timothy 4, 8, it says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. In other words, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep them on Jesus. There are a thousand things that you could look at down here, but if I'm busy looking at everything that's going on down here, I can't look up for him. I can't do it. As much as I think I can, I can't do it. Eyes on things above. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of this earth. Set my heart on the things above. My eyes are turned toward him. My heart is turned toward him. That means that my feet are going to go in his direction and my mouth's going to speak his things. That's the flow. We can do a checkup sometimes. Am I talking about God more than I'm talking about all the things that tick me off? Man, I can go through days, and it's just a constant rant. Just a rant. What I love is that Paul comes back, and he pleads with the church to be unified. And do you know what I love? He throws in some words that are incredible. I'm going to share them in a minute, because I like this part better. I've had several conversations lately. A lot of people have been asking, how is the health of the church? Not the health, like, what color is your county, but what's the health of your church? And when they ask that, I always think about, in April and May, of 2020, I have shared it with you before, how people would inundate me with asking, how are you doing? How's the church doing? How are you doing? How's the church doing? And I'm like, things are crazy. So the church is doing crazy good. It's crazy. And as I would pray, I got that feeling. You ever take a multivitamin and you take a multivitamin, you ever take it and you don't eat anything with it and you get that sick feeling in your belly? Well, I would get that when I was praying. It had nothing to do with vitamins. And it was what I'd consider a burden. And there was a word that was just, it would come up. You know what that word was? Division. Division. It's almost like God's saying, brace yourself. Brace yourself, because in the middle of the crazy, when you are walking in God's plan, you just address what's coming. You just take it. But looking ahead, that word division, it's almost like it was looming. And I wrote these words down one day in a journal. Division is often the fruit of deception. As things began in the church, in churches to flow back to normal, as things begin to flow and and the water seems to go again, it seems like the bad things can float to the surface. You ever notice that? And division began to float up, it felt like. But Paul says words right here, I plead with you, but then he says the magic words, by the name of Jesus. The thing that sets this family apart, this gathering apart from a lot of gatherings is in the name of Jesus. It's time to begin to declare in the name of Jesus over things. Because in the name of Jesus is the key that unlocks so many things. That when I am in a situation and I can choose to speak life, I'm not just speaking life as a pick-me-up. I'm speaking life in the name of Jesus. That when someone I encounter and they're going through a hard time and their heart is broken, I'm not just saying things will be better. I'm saying in the name of Jesus, things will be better. And I think that we tend to forget that why we do what we do always needs to be based around in the name of Jesus. Because division is the breeding ground for defeat. Doesn't matter where it is. If it's a sports team, you get a little league team out there, those kids start arguing, they're going to get defeated. Because they're going to defeat themselves. That word division. When Paul brings it up. Comes from the Greek word. Which I never do this. But I can pronounce this one. Schismata. Schismata. It's where we get our English word. Schism. That means. Parties. Or factions. But the usage here goes even deeper. The usage here goes to to rend or to tear. And you know what hit me? A party and a faction, because I like English, those are nouns. Those are things. To rend or to tear, that's a verbal. It's an infinitive. It's an action. So what it's saying is that when you choose division as a member of God's family, You are not just over here doing your own thing. What you are doing is actively tearing apart the body. That's what you're doing, that action. And so, Paul, if we were to say it in my language right now, just to that first summarization, he's saying, I am pleading with you in the name of Jesus, please stop ripping apart the church family. That's what he's saying going on farther with this a good teacher doesn't just point out what you do wrong they try to correct you i was a good teacher at mhca give me an amen stays all right so with that if something went wrong you would try to put people on the right path that's exactly what paul starts to do in verse 10 He says, be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, I'm not going to pretend that we're all the same in this house. Me and my wife, we're like that. We're exact. (laughs) She's a little messy sometimes, but my organization, it makes up for all of that. The image when Paul says here, to be perfectly joined is this. It is the image referring to when a doctor comes upon a fracture and he takes that fracture and puts it back in place to set so it can heal properly. Now, if you've ever been in a situation that healing doesn't come without pain. Sometimes when there is division, there is going to be pain before there will be healing. But that is sometimes part of the process. Another picture, because I grew up in the 80s, is of detective rigs from lethal weapon. Another usage of this term is when a joint becomes dislocated. And it needs to be popped back into place. Detective Riggs had this funny shoulder that sometimes would pop out of socket. And do you know what he would do? He got to the point when it popped out of socket, he would just find a wall and he would just lean back and go wham and put it right back into place. And he'd about pass out. But in the end, he was in fighting shape. And I'm thinking with some of us, we're walking around because we just we don't want to go through the pain of bringing things back together. We don't want to go through that embarrassment that we might yell out when God does that healing process in us. I'm telling you what, for some of us, it's time just to lean back, find that wall, and hit it good. Because there is a fight to undertake. There is a fight. And I know, I mean, how could lethal weapon preach? Look at that mullet. I love that. (laughs) At one time, there was a saying, the sun never sets on the British Empire. You ever hear that? You know what that meant? It meant that the British Empire was so great that it had colonies all over the place. But one of the primary reasons, you didn't know this would be history, for the downfall of the British Empire is because they were spread too thin and they were fighting wars on too many fronts. They were divided in focus and they were divided in strength. God is pointing out that his family can do the same thing. We can say, look what I have my hands in. Look what I'm doing for God. Look, look, look. And we're dividing amongst one another. We can go in a hundred different directions, but God's saying, what's the focus? What's your focus? It had been declared to Paul, it says in verses 11 through 13, that there were divisions among the people. The root of their division, do you know what it came from? It came from the fact that you had some people say, I'm all about Paul who founded the church. You had some people saying, I'm all about Apollos because he was gifted spiritually. He was very influential. You had some people said, I'm all about Cephas, who's also Peter. I'm saying, well, he was one of the first apostles, so that's got to count for something. We're doing what he says. And then you had other people who said, we're about Christ. You know, and you could get a church to amen about that last one. But here's the thing. Picking my words. Some battles aren't worth entering into. And some trophies are not worth winning if it destroys unity. I'm going to share with you something personal from my journal. Something that I shared with a spiritual leader of mine not long ago. I felt like when I prayed, God, give me some insight because how am I supposed to shepherd if I don't know how to shepherd? These are the words. The enemy will try his best to deceive the very elect into thinking that they are taking on battles for the kingdom. He will frame the battle in a manner that mingles it with faith. There will be passion because the elect will believe that their fight is a righteous one, that they are fighting for God. Do not eat the fruit of deception. The greatest victories came about when God chose the battlefield. When man, regardless of his position, simply obeyed the voice of God, God did not call them to fight. He called them to obey and stand still as his glory shined in the darkest places. When God chooses the fight and the battle, there is increase in taking of ground. When man chooses the battle there is only decrease and retreat. I say that because we are living in a time when the enemy's MO is to divide and conquer. Not even person against person, but cause so many divisions and factions within a church, cause so many tears at one time that the church will hemorrhage. That's his MO. Those divisions in Corinth... Paul knew that when we get busy doing things our way that we can often point to four or five other people who are doing the same thing. And I would appeal to you to say, but is that what God's doing? Because we can come to a place where we feel like we're with the crowd. But are we with Jesus? Because when we tend to fall into division, then mission suffers great commission suffers the truth in jesus is unity because division even when it puts on its church clothes is not unity If I believe Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, if I believe that God's thoughts are not my thoughts, that his ways are not my ways, that as the heavens are above the earth, that's how his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and his ways above my ways, that means that I have to believe that he has a vantage point that I can never have, that he has plans that are not subject to change. And here's the truth. When it comes to this church body, to any church body, word gets out. Word gets out. Whether it be good word or bad word, word will get out. Paul says here he received the news of what was going on at the church of Corinth from Chloe. Now, Chloe wasn't a rat. I just think of those old movies. She wasn't a stoolie. She wouldn't rat people out. But this Chloe... She wasn't turning people in. She was just saying what was going on. People will know what kind of church family we are, and they will talk. Are we a serving church family? Are we a loving church family? Are we welcoming? Are we forgiving? Or are we the opposite of those things? Bonnie Raitt, who I believe was a psalmist, wrote the song, Let's Give Them Something to Talk About. I want to give people something to talk about in the name of Jesus. I want them to wonder, yeah, I've heard things about that church. And the things I've heard are so crazy, I have to see it for myself. That's what I want. I I want it to not even translate on the live feed. I want to be like, I'm going there. I'm going there. I pass people all the time from Utah going right down the street. I want to see some plates from Utah showing up here. Like I saw you in the live stream. It's so crazy. I had to show up. <laughs> That's what I want. I'm going to close in a moment. Here's another question. Remember when I asked you, "Do you want to be happy?" Everyone was like, "Yeah." Do you want to be called a child of God? I do. Well, here is the antidote to division. Matthew five nine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. That word blessed means what? Happy. Blessed are the peacemakers. Happy are the people who make. Now, understand, it doesn't say blessed are the peace finders. You live in a time where you're going to go in situations and you're not just going to be looking for the peace. You're going to need to make the peace. In Jesus' name. Notice how I keep throwing that in there. There are going to be times that you go, and I serve a God when things didn't exist, he spoke them into existence. And so I believe as a child of God that I have the power when I enter a situation and there's no peace, I can speak it into existence. And I can live it into existence. And I can cultivate it into existence to a place that it wasn't before. That's who we are called to be. Paul ends the passage with these words. This could have been a good start for the whole thing. He asks, is Christ divided? No. There is such power in unity. I was talking to someone the other day, and you know how I feel about church family. What I love is when church family loves church family in a way that the world never could. It broke my heart to be with you that afternoon when you had gotten the news about your grandson. But there's no place I'd rather have been because that's an honor and that's how family loves family. I think that with... All of us. That's what unity does. Here's what I'm going to ask. If you'll stand, could you honestly ask God to shine a spotlight on the division? Be real. Like, if you gave God a flashlight, you know, you give a kid a flashlight, you're like, don't shine it, and then right in your eyes. You know how kids do that? What if you handed God a flashlight and just, like, hold it on the places there, just show me what I need to change? And what if he did? Would you be brave enough to say, I'm going to change that? Would you be real enough to say, I've been chasing 15 things that don't look a thing like God, but I've been saying it's for God because I really thought it was? unify because the thing is I have been more unhappy in the past however long fighting battles God didn't ask me for because I need his happiness I need to be blessed I need to be the peacemaker because when I do that and turn my back on all the nonsense then I'm going to be happy is that you I'm going to call the prayer elders forward right now If you're here and you have a need, they will be here to pray with you. If there are things that you don't know how you can shake loose hold of, they are here for you. But right now as we close, ask God to spotlight those things that need to change. Let's bow our heads. Lord, right now I pray. Because you are a gentle father who corrects gently and who doesn't just point things out to make us embarrassed, but points things out so we can refine, so we can look more like you, so the rough edges can be filed off. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us all of the places that our heart has sought to gone astray. And Lord, I pray that all the sounds of tearing that have gone on, Lord, that you would make those cease. And God, I pray in unity that we would go together as a family in the name above every name, in the name of Jesus.